This it down. Real lives, real conversations. Who's got number three? All right, open, open up yours. So guys, if you open up your envelopes, get y'all's ready. Um, yeah, it's cool. Is it cool? Yeah. You ready? Yeah, a bunch of All right, cool. So, had a few male friends ask me how I was doing mentally, and I really appreciate it. Guys, I know it's easy to hide behind the banter at times, but let's all check on one another every once in a while. It's good, easy to hide behind the banter, but let's all check up on each other once in a while. I had a friend who um, came to the city, he came to a few, we had been doing the sit down for like two years, and he came to one, and I was like, oh, thanks for coming, how did you find it? He said, you know what? If you want to find out the core of a person, not their perception, if you want to find out the core of a person, come to the sit down, because that will reveal who they are. And you are someone who, from the outside, some people would look at, you know, this guy's so funny, you know, it must be great being Mo, you know, <laughs> he's doing such amazing things. But I want to ask, like, who are you behind all that? Because you can't be funny all the time. You must have some dead jokes along the way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> what's, what's the biggest mis... <laughs> you can't be on all the time. What's the biggest misconception that people have about you? I guess me, weirdly enough, because... Like, around my friends, I'm the funny one. I'm the one who's just like, you know, if we're out raving and stuff, I've just, sometimes I'll be a bit silly just for a bit of fun. So weirdly enough for me, when I go quiet, people are already like, rah, like, what's wrong? Like, why are you quiet? What's going on? Um, and sometimes, don't get me wrong, sometimes I get so annoying because it's like, I have quiet times. Like, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes I just, sometimes things are not funny. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes I'm just tired, you know? Um, so sometimes it does get annoying, um, but at the same time, I guess with everything that's happened within the last two years and how much success, like my success has risen, people ask me how I am a lot more. Um, and only within most of like the last year that I kind of appreciate that a little bit more, and I do open up a little bit more. So you know, when I'm not, you know, a lot of people ask me, "Raw, like when you're not doing." stage and stuff what are you doing so i try to do things that are the opposite so i don't watch a lot of comedy i'm not sitting there like you know if i'm in like writing mode when we've got tv stuff then like i'm in that mode in it so i'm writing i'm looking for the funny i'm trying to you know how can we create this sketch how can we make this better and stuff like that but then when i'm not i just chill out i like to watch things like documentaries just um things that take me away from the funny essentially you know so like when, I, like for example, football. I play football with my friends every every Sunday, and that is like, like if you don't see me playing football, I am not the same person I am on stage, in it because that for me is like it's like my everyone has like their release boxing or whatnot. Football's mine, in it. And when I play football, I'm very serious when I play in it. So, like, there's a, I think even last week I was going to a fight with one of my friends, like, and. I'm very moany when I play football, innit? I'm one of these moany people, um, especially for me, because it's one, it's one is how I like to exercise, keep fit, but then it's also just my pastime. This is what I like to do. I'm not, like, it's so fun. It's, I, I play football pretty, like, like, when I was, like, a lot younger, or maybe, like, more so when I was in the come-up and stuff. And I remember, i never forget, this one guy was, like, he's like, oh, don't bother marking him. He's, he's a funny guy. I got so vexed. I said, are you all right, bro? I'm going to take you out, lad. <laughs> so, yeah, football is like my release. That's what I do with my, my friends and my pastime. Try to watch documentaries, try to read. 
Um, sometimes I try and like meditate and just, um, yeah, just try and take myself away from being Mr. Funny. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think weirdly enough, when everything started kicking off, it was how to, it was quite, it's kind of like how to deal with it because I had went from working in retail and then before you know it, you're in, you know, you're on the tube and then someone's like staring at you. And this isn't like a London stare where you're like, right, what the fuck is this guy looking at? It's like they stare, they smile, mm, they might talk to their friend. And before you know it, you start getting paranoid. And that doesn't happen once. That happens like five times in one day. So already what then happens is when I leave my house, you start to think everybody knows who you are. As soon as you leave the house, you're on the bus. You think, yeah, bus driver knows who I am, innit? <laughs> Like, and that's, and that's not me being like a diva, but that's just me. Then you start to like, like worry how you carry yourself a little bit. You know, if like my oyster's not working and stuff, I'm going to go over to the man in the booth and be a bit like, boss man, I put two pound on it. What's going on with the oyster? And it, already in my head, I'm thinking, I don't really know if I want to go to my man. Cause then he might be like, oh, Mo came here, man had no money. He tried to lie on his oyster. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like you, that's how your brain starts thinking. So then, around that time, I, I, so I we so I launched the tour, which was a which was a big deal when we done the couple of cans tour. I remember me and my manager, we went in the room with and already to go into like Live Nation. I was like, right, this is a big deal. Live Nation want to do a tour with me because I was going to do it myself. I was like, I was going to like fuck it, let's go on event right tonight, innit? it? <laughs> like, <laughs> bang out a couple tickets. <laughs> So this was a big risk. This was one of the biggest risks I most probably took of like, I want to do a tour. So I'd had, imagine I've been doing stand-up for all these years, putting this material together. And then my thing was like, are people going to come? Because they've only seen videos. They don't even know how to do stand-up. So then that was a big risk. So the tour's on sale and I'm broke. Like, I'm talking like, there's a bit of money there, but nothing work, like just about paying phone bills. Just, you know, mum's asking me, did you pay the rent? And I'm lying, I'm like, mm, yeah, kind of like, but I hadn't paid the rent and stuff. So I'm like majorly broke, you know, tours going on sale, it's, it's doing well. And then you're, you know, I'm going into like development meetings and stuff. Oh, Mo, we've seen the videos, man. We love them, man. Yeah, man, you know, we just love to do something with you. And I'm like, well, let's do something then, innit? <laughs> you know, so I'm going through this as well as like, going out on the street and stuff, people offering you stuff and, yeah, do you want some free clothes? Do you want to come to this event? Bro, why don't you come raving with us? We've got a table, just come in it. And all this stuff just literally just piling on, piling on, piling on, piling on. And then I do the tour and it's a culmination of things. It was like my lifestyle. I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, when I was doing the tour shows, I was just like, fuck it, turn up. And don't get me wrong, I had the set and stuff and I practiced it, but we, I remember the first couple shows, we started in Cardiff had a break, and then we had this big run of like Cambridge, I remember it was Cambridge, Liverpool, Birmingham, and Bristol, yeah? So that's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah? And I remember going out the first show, Cambridge, sold out, done. Liverpool, first show, done it, bang. So already I'm like, sick, I'm on cloud nine, innit? These are like three shows in, they've all smashed, like they're all sold out. And then after the shows, my release, because when you do like stand up, yeah, for me, my adrenaline is so high. Like it's the highest of my dopamines is doing live stand up and it going well in it. So my adrenaline is high. I'm talking, my adrenaline is so high, yeah. There could be 10 guys in the room that want to fight me. I will fight them all in it. <laughs> like that is how high my adrenaline is. So a lot of the time, how I would blow off steam 
would to be like, guys, let's go out raving. Let's go out raving. So, you know, me, tour manager, my friend, tour manager, there's a bunch of us, you know, we're all on the road together. We're all This is the first time we're doing this journey. You know, we go out, we go out one night, went out in Liverpool, then we go out again in, in Birmingham. So I'm drinking, I'm drinking alcohol, I'm partying. Then the next day I've got another show, got to get myself up again, drinking Red Bull. And by the time we done Bristol, I just flagged in it. Just literally, I had no desire to make anyone laugh. And I remember t telling jokes here, yeah, i never forget this. I was in Bristol and there was so much smoke and my voice kept going. And I'm telling the jokes, people are laughing. And it was mostly the first time in a long time doing stand-up where I didn't care for the reaction. I was just like, I'm not bothered if you don't laugh or not. I just wanted to get off this stage, innit? And then we went home the next day and I was like so low. It's like I just had this mad dip in like adrenaline right at the bottom. And that's what kept happening. I kept happen having this yo-yo effect and stuff. And it was, yeah, a lot of it was like my lifestyle. And, and then I guess for me, it was like, imagine I had been broke for so long, yeah? So now, you know, tours being extended and stuff. And I didn't know I was depressed, innit? I didn't know. I didn't really know what, so I feel a bit down, but that's just most probably because I'm tired or something, innit? You know, a lot of the times if I had a day off, I'd stay in bed. I had air calls and stuff, you know, emails and stuff need to be sent. I'd be like, I'll do it when I'm ready and stuff, innit? Um, and then, yeah, I guess around that time, it just got like, it got like worse and worse. And I remember looking back, I got a chance to go to Parliament and I had a show in the evening. So it was at Clapham Grand. I went to Parliament to talk about mental health. And I was so excited to go because I was like, well, I'm going, you know, something I care about and stuff. And at the same time, I'm like going through the motions, innit? So I was just not in a good place of just like, I felt like such a hypocrite because I was talking about what we need to do with mental health and red tear tear. And then weirdly enough, it's like, Mo, like you're going through this yourself. Like I always sit back and think like, if there's like regrets, that's something I shouldn't have done because I wasn't in the right headspace and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, it's just like a culmination of things of just being depressed. And then I then got like, you know, my, this is like my, my, my first big check, essentially. So imagine I've been broke for ages. Finally, I can pay off some debts. You know what I mean? Pay off the credit card debt I've had and stuff. Um, pay off, like help my mum out, buy people what they want for Christmas and stuff. And then, um, yeah, that, I wouldn't say it came at the wrong time, but I didn't know what to do because I now had free time. And free time for some people is like, oh, you got some free time, you can chill out and stuff. Whereas me at this point, I was like, free time, I need to do something now because now I've got some money, I've got to do some stuff in it. Um, so yeah, I just, went so I just went shopping, I just went shopping. I went into shops I'd never been in before and just buy because I could, do you know what I mean? Just walking in the shop and I'll be like, you know, I've never been in this shop before, I'm gonna go in there. Get, like sometimes they'd be like, would you like help? I'm like, I'm buying this. Like that's what I would do. And they'll be like, okay, oh, oh. And it was just like, raw shit, yeah. I, I was literally doing it just to see what they would do. And that's the state that I was in at that time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, at the time, it's like, it just like kind of built up and built up and built up and stuff. Um, and it is very, very long to go into. But I remember at the time, it's just like, I'm, when I went to Parliament, I met a guy called Leon McKenzie. So he works with, he's a former footballer who went through like depression and mental health. And I remember when he shared his story at Parliament and there was something in it, it just clicked. He, I remember him telling me, he was saying about how he played Man United and he scored like in the 90th minute 
fans were screaming and saying, oh, like, amazing, you've scored this goal. And then he went home and he was depressed and he was like suicidal and stuff. And that just, sometimes it just takes that little sentence to, for you to be like, fuck, I think, I think that's me a little bit, you know? I swear that's me. Um, and when everything, like when I, when I was really down in the dumps, I remember calling him in it because I didn't know who to talk to. I've never talked to none of my boys like, like this. Do you know what I mean? Um, I've like, I was like, do I talk to my mum? My mum's kind of got like her own thing she's got, like, got going on like with work and stuff. I'm not really close enough to talk to my sisters like this. So who do I turn to in it? So, and I'm one of them people, I was just like, I don't really want to, I'd rather not in it. I'd rather not speak to no one. So I just sent a text and just said, hey man, do you mind if I speak to you? Because I'm not really feeling very well, <clears throat> feeling good at the moment. And then he called me back and then we spoke for ages on the phone. And he said, look, I've got this therapist, like she works with a lot of people, like mainly in sport. And um, yeah, I just pass on your number and stuff. And that was like the first like step of like trying to go from this place that was quite dark and stuff, which <clears throat> a lot of people didn't know about. And I'm not really a person to like, I'm not the kind of person that's gonna go and put this on social media and stuff. I didn't tell a lot of my friends, but um, yeah, man, that was most probably one of the best, like a lot of people say, what's your best investment? And that was my, my health. I invested in my health. Um, you know, because a lot of material things are great, but they, they come and go, do you know what I mean? So that for me was like the best investment I'd made was on myself. And, and it was, it's not just on yourself, it was me like waking up, having to make sure I go therapy early in the morning and stuff. And I'll never forget where it was, yeah? So where my therapist, where she used to be, it used to be in Hatton Gardens, right? And I'd never been Hatton Gardens before then. And I remember walking around and I'd go there and I'd see that roadman and that, right, man like Mo, yeah? What are you saying, cuz? What, you need to come to my shop, cuz? Buy a little rolly, treat yourself still. <laughs> and it's like, they'd always be like, but what are you doing around there? What are you doing around there? And I was like, I'm just gonna see uh, one of my friends, yeah? <laughs> okay, see you no more. Come to my shop later though, yeah? And then like, I remember I just had to just get in a cab and just make sure I'm, I just go essentially. No, 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 I never felt in danger, but at the same time, it's like people would ask me what I'm doing around there and whatnot and stuff. So, you know, still, I didn't feel like a need to say, oh, by the way, going therapy. What therapy? That's mad still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it was just like invested in my health and stuff and just- Is that one thing you'd really like? advise people that if they are going through that dark period to I guess talk to people find someone you can talk to because sometimes mm. people are like yeah just talk to someone it's not everyone you can talk to yeah, yeah, it's, it's not everyone true. you can trust like the intimate parts of you and so I think that, that what you said sometimes someone who is so far removed is actually the person that actually works someone that you don't even know someone who's not linked to you mm -hmm. but find a way of communicating whether it's whether it, it doesn't always have to be talking it can be written. Some people are very good at writing down their feelings and writing what they're going through. Um, poetry, wh whatever is your outlet, finding a way to get it out of. So if it's not, you know, it's not building up all in here, it's somewhere. It's being expressed somewhere in a painting, in a wa walking, riding, whatever it is. But my thing is always encouraging people: don't leave it inside, but find some way, you know, kind of to get it out. All right, boom, bam. Thank you for that. Um, let me quickly go on to Time's Talking the Hardest. So, one thing I, I really rate about you is how you do what you do. You've, done so, you've achieved so much in a short amount of time, 
but you're still like humble and still like down to earth about it. You're not like all up in the clouds. And I remember me and my wife, like years ago when we were going to the Sunday show. Oh, yes. Because my yeah, wife knew yeah. Marvin. So we used to come. Yeah. We were just friends then. Yeah. And we would come to the Sunday show. And I remember the first couple of times we were like, this guy is funny, you know? Yeah. Up, <laughs> this guy is actually <laughs> funny. And so we used to watch all the acts. And then the next Sunday, we'd be like, oh, you're going to Sunday show? Yeah, let's go to Sunday show. Let's go and see Mo. Yeah. Because you were like the person who held, I'll tell you the truth, if you were not there, big up to Babatin there, because uh, there were some people I think sometimes filled in for you. But if you weren't there, it was like, yeah. So <laughs> we'd go after the first like, hour. Yeah. But to see your growth has just been so such a beautiful thing. And then oh, we went to come and see the show in Cambridge. Mm. Just seeing you grow. And I just wanted to ask, like, when, when did you know you were funny? Because right? that's a big step to go from... Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm funny in the mirror to, like, coming out. <laughs> yeah. When did you know that? Yeah, I'm funny. I, I can do this. I guess for me, I was a bit of like, uh, I was the class clown in it, but I was like, for me, so when I say class clown, it's like, I'd kind of get my work done or be interested in the work that I'd want to do. And then it's time for jokes, isn't it? So once I do, I do my work, whether it's right or wrong, I'm just like, work's done, time to bust jokes, isn't it? And that, that's how I, and there was some, some subjects I just wasn't interested in. So then I'd find that person I like to talk to, weed bus jokes. Um, and it was weird because I was, always in, I was always interested in the subjects I wanted to be interested in. And then once they started to get a bit boring, I was like, yeah, this is dead, man. Let me cuss my man or something more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, and yeah, I was that kind of disruptive person. But then I guess... Especially like when you're in school, there's being a class clown, but then I remember, I never forget this, when I was in school, I'd like be, you know, be joking around with someone or, or whatnot, but then the teachers would laugh, yeah? And I was like, you, you're laughing. <laughs> <laughs> you're a figure of a you, you're not meant to laugh. And it was, sometimes it was just that, and then like when we used to leave school, like a lot of the people used to catch the same bus. So when I was on the bus, we used to like, you know, make like cuss each other on bus jokes. Then I used to see people on the bus like laughing, and I'm like, "Hey, that man's laughing. Let me keep, like, let me keep cussing my man, innit?" <laughs> like, so then already it's like, now a part of me who's this 14 year old is like, "Raw, like a couple of adults are laughing." That was never the catalyst to say I need to do stand up comedy. But when I started seeing other people laugh who wasn't even involved, I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." And then weirdly enough, when I was young, I wanted to be a footballer. That was my thing. Um, but then a lot of guys in the estate would always be like, nah, bruv, you should do comedy, bruv. You're mad funny still. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. I'm trying to play with Henri right now. So <laughs> I don't know about that stuff. So I, I never ever took that as a thing. You know, when sometimes people say you're good, you're just like, nah, like, I'm trying to be a footballer, innit? Um, and then one of my secondary school teachers called Miss Simpson, I remember once we had a drama class and she took me to her side and she said, look, you should really pursue performing arts. You're really good at this. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I might take this seriously. Because then that was the first teacher to then tell me, you're good at this. No other teacher ever told me that. You know, this was the first teacher to say, you're really good at this. Keep doing this. You know what I mean? So for, like, for that, was like, that was like a big deal for me at the time. So um, I started like, more pursuing like, performing arts. And then when I'd left um, kind of college, then I went to like, university to study performing arts and theatre production. 
And even at the time, I didn't really know what I was doing at uni because I was like, I know I'm really, I, I was going to take a gap year and I didn't know what a gap year was. I just knew you have a year and then you go uni. <laughs> Whereas like my middle class friends are like, yeah, I'm going to Thailand. Like you should come. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Thailand, okay, well, for a week? No, for a whole year. Uh, my mum won't let me do that. <laughs> my mum will say no, but <laughs> so. <laughs> So um, I, I then enrolled when I went to university and I remember speaking to, the, to one of the tutors at the time and she said, have you got anything planned for your gap year? And for me, it was just, I was gonna work, just earn some money. And she was like, you should just, if you don't have anything in place, then you should start. So through university, I started doing like these small open mic gigs. I remember doing one gig, I took all my like friends there. I was only meant to do 20 minutes. No, I was only meant to do five minutes and on 20 minutes, because it went so well. So that was like my first taste of like performing to a crowd that didn't know who I was. And I was like, whoa, this is, bro, this is good, man. Like, and then the second show was a show I'd done at Sunday show. Um, and I just asked, can I come and do some comedy? And the guy there, Marvin, he said, yeah, yeah, come down. And I remember getting to the door, I was so nervous because this show was different. I didn't have my friends and family there. It was just like, there's unknown people in it who I never knew. And people were dressed up, you know what I mean? Like, you know, when you walk into a room and you can just like, Robert, you look, look like you got money in this room, boy. You look like, and that was the feeling I had because I, I was just, I was just that kind of, you know, we just get by essentially. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like, didn't have money at that time. Just, you know, used to just get by essentially. So when I got into this room and I'm seeing like, Ra, what's that, what's that, a Gucci belt? Ra, you got a whole belt, that's Gucci. <laughs> whoa this guy is living the dream man like so already in this room i feel really intimidated i feel really small um and then you know you're seeing like girls dressed up and stuff and you start seeing like older girls and stuff so already i'm like fuck man this is gonna be hard because already like you've got all these guys dressed up all these girls dressed up like this is this is hard and um i remember doing the show and it was Marvin's birthday. So Marvin was the guy, he puts on Sunday show. It's his, it's his birthday special. I'm performing to do like, yeah, you can open up. So that's not open up, that's just like, yeah, we ain't got no one in the first half, so you can go first. So I went first and just walked out there and just was like, go for it, innit? And I start, I remember, I'll never forget, that's most of the one time I was like most nervous. My, I was shaking the mic, telling jokes, and it went well. And what it is with comedy, it's not about being the funniest, it's about your confidence. When you first start, you need to build up the confidence to tell jokes. And then once you build up the confidence, then you start like, cool, maybe try that joke. Because then you start getting confident in how you tell jokes. Um, so for me, like that show, like as my first, like I always say those two are like the first shows and just performing to like people I never knew and just, and it's so weird because at that time I was so young, I didn't have nothing to talk about. All I was talking about was that like raving. That was it. Like, hey, you know when you go raving, yeah? And you ain't got no money. Like that was like, like the material was like so of my age at that time. I had no life experience. But um, it was for me, it was the confidence I kept getting from all these shows of like, oh, it went kind of well, you know? It was all right. Like it didn't go great, but I didn't get booed off. I didn't get heckled. Um, and especially it was just that one person coming up to me after the show being like, hey, bruv, you were good by the way. All that just kept helping me and helping me um, and just wanted to do more, really. So, yeah. Last question, then. Um, you have uh, a lot of... I love seeing, I love seeing your success. Oh, big ups. 
doing this show is like a, it's a lot to me because yeah. like you've done oh so much shit, boy. Show. <laughs> <laughs> like that tour, two years. You know what's mad about this top here? Listen, yeah. <laughs> so this, this picture, yeah, I didn't have any uh, press shots, yeah. So a friend of mine in Manchester was like, oh, I'll do some press shots for you, yeah. So already I was like, cool, he's, he's done them for free, yeah. So I was like, yeah, cool, all right, say so, you not know, a minute. So then the top I had at the time, I remember it was just like a dusty white T-shirt. You know when the T-shirt goes, it's white, but it goes cream? Do you lot know what I'm talking about? <laughs> So then the t-shirt went a bit cream, yeah? So I was like, ah, oh, bruv, like, can I borrow a top? So this, this is the cameraman's top, yeah? And he's like, yeah, no, borrow this top, innit? So I put the top on. I said, oh, yeah, this top can run, innit? So then I took the picture. Now, as you know, when you do, like, photo shoots as a comedian, yeah? Like, you know, rappers can look cool. Singers can look, like, intriguing. Comedians always are face. Oh, fucking, oh, it's a joke. Oh, I can't say that. So then I didn't know what to do, yeah? So the picture, boom, went up, yeah? So now we've announced the tour. So then my manager, big up Polly, she was like, we need a picture, yeah? So I was like, I've got this picture, yeah? <laughs> so then I was like, that picture bangs, in it? Like, it was all right for what it was at the time, yeah? Listen, as soon as I started, like, putting myself out there on social media, the way people used to rinse me about this top, yeah? <laughs> Like, this is no, sorry, the, the first time, at, like, within, like, what I've done where you, like, you get rinsed. And I, I can take it. I can give it back. I can laugh at it when it's funny. But you get some pussy holes, bruv. Just, just like, hey, mate, what are you wearing? A t-shirt or a hoodie, mate? You look confused. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm talking, I'm talking, I have to get so stressed, you know. I'll be looking at my phone, reading the comment. What the fuck, man? Look at this dickhead, bruv. <laughs> I'd go in there, picture. One guy went in his picture, I scrolled up right to the bottom. I was like, look at you, bruv. What do you mean, bruv? Your shit shirt. Look at your collar, your white collar. But <laughs> that, that, that's that picture. <laughs> so, right, so, so nah, I was stressed, man. I was probably stressed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you, man. Big ups, big ups. I don't know, it's definitely like the rise of like this year has most probably been the biggest year because it's like now, like even my friends and family are like, bro, what, what are you announcing? You must have something that you can tell us what's going on. <laughs> like, and it's like, when I'm like, I have nothing, bro, there must be something, give me, give me something. So um, it's definitely the rise, do you know what I mean? It's definitely like having a show and a special in one year and then we announced the world tour. Um, yeah, it's definitely like the, I guess the rise of, because now I'm in like that kind of like, especially when you get a TV show, it's diff I guess last year felt more like the come up because I had the tour, people were still coming, some people didn't know. And then, you know, with the big nasty show, that kind of launches you to the UK. You know, we had two series of that already. So I guess like that was the year of, like last year I always said like, that was the year of like, we we're touring basically. But pretty much we do a lot of dates at the Vaudeville and trying to do different stuff a little bit as well. That's why like, you know, doing the West End, was like a big deal to be like, yeah, boom, like, why can't we have a black comic 
in the West End doing a, a show right on the Strand, you know what I mean, where you can walk past and see with billboards and stuff. So last year always like, felt like the come up. I think this year kind of felt like the year of just like TV, essentially, like with the show, the TV show. Didn't really get to do much stand-up this year. Um, and then, yeah, just like mainly just like doing TV and just learning how that works. So, yeah, I think this year is just most probably like the, the rise, essentially. So you get to come up the rise. And I guess like next year, you know, it's just with the world tour, you just want to sustain what you've got, essentially. Do you know what I mean? You never want to be the person that just falls off and then before you know it, you're on a, a Twitter thread. Hey, remember Mo Gilligan? Right, <laughs> 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 well, he was funny, you know, but yeah. So I think, yeah, definitely like this year feels like the rise essentially. But when I say the rise, it's like the rise within like, like mainstream UK comics. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm putting myself, you know, in the ranks essentially. So, yeah. yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, can we make some noise for Mr. Mo? Good again. Um, time on a Rolex. Ran a bit over, but we're going to um, have a quick break. Ten minutes. Um, toilets are just that door there. If you want some drinks, feel free. We've got some cakes, um, some cupcakes made by our in-house. We salute her. She's our cake maker. Roy, where are you at? Is Roy here? Oh, that it. All right, so Royal Bakes. Um, so get some cupcakes. Ten minutes, gonna have a quick break, and then we're gonna take your cupcakes to the next level. All right.